Welcome to Behind the Chalk, a podcast that brings you tools, strategies, and insights from educators everywhere. I am your host, Lindsay Simpson, and I am so excited to take you behind the scenes and share with you conversations with educators from every level, discussing our passions, insights, research, and experiences across the profession. Thank you for joining today as we prepare to meet Ms. Megan Chambers, a fourth-year PhD candidate of forensic chemistry at SUNY Albany. If you are a professor or teacher of forensics, we would love to hear how you engage students in forensics in your classroom. So reach out as you listen on Twitter at ChalkEDU or Instagram at BehindTheChalkEDU to share and make connections. So it is such a pleasure, Megan, to have you on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing well. It was a great day today, uh, a great day of of problem solving and uh, finding solutions, which I feel aligns exactly with what you do, but probably in a different category. (laughs) (laughs) So can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you have been focusing on at SUNY Albany? Yes, of course. So I'm a fourth year PhD candidate at the University at Albany. My research focuses on forensic chemistry and solving a lot of the different problems that forensic uh, professionals encounter. And so trying to find solutions to the problems that they experience with analyzing evidence or looking at a crime scene and doing what we can to help create new methodology to, um, to help solve those problems. It's so fascinating. I, so I grew up um, when, I don't know how old you are, but when I grew up, I was probably 10 when the first CSI show started with Grissom. And I remember begging to stay up because I was a true crime fanatic. I still am a true crime fanatic, but I will never forget watching CSI and watching these, you know, it's a fake show and not everything is accurate, but I was just so amazed that people could do things like that to help solve crime. And I thought, man, they are the heroes, like police officers, the amazing people, but I want to be the person in the lab coat. I want to do that. Did not end up being what I ended up going into, but I still just am so amazed by people who are in forensics and have that gift such as yourself. So I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us. No, uh, my mother and I are both huge fans of Criminal Minds. So I understand the TV (laughs) aspect. And that one just ended. It was it was so sad for me to see the end. These shows, man, they kept me going. Um, But I like to start out my episodes with the same question because I'm always fascinated on why and how individuals get the call to enter uh, the field of educating others. And while your field is forensics, you have, you and I were able to connect because you did get into a situation where you were educating others. So before we dive into how you have engaged high school students in the field of forensics, can you quickly share for our listeners, you know, what were you like as a student and why did you decide to go into forensics? I like to think that I was a good student. Uh, In high school, I studied a lot, um, usually got all A's. I was a part of my high school's National Honor Society, but I also took the time and I played a varsity sport every every season, all year round, played tennis, soccer, skiing, all kinds of things. Um, 
even won an award my senior year for uh, all the number of varsity sports that I played. But I got into forensics because they offered for the first time a forensic science course. Um, I believe it was my junior or senior year, and I found it super interesting. I remember trying to lift a fingerprint, and it took me a couple tries. But by the time I finally got it, I was so excited, and I was like, "This is this is what I want to do." And although I didn't really go into the fingerprint uh, analysis part of this, I'm more into the chemistry. It helped me look into where I wanted to go for undergrad, and I ended up picking a school that had both a chemistry program and a forensic science program that I then um, pursued my major as chemistry and my minor as forensic science. That's amazing. I mean, everybody gets their spark somewhere, right? So for you, it was that fingerprint. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it really was. So I know that you are part of a program, um, YCC, and and there's the ACS. And, you know, my, I don't even know, I don't know if you know this, uh, my husband is a chemistry professor. And so um, he and an individual you work with work together. And so that's kind of how our paths started crossing. But I kind of know what all these acronyms mean, but can you help our listeners and just share what is YCC, what is ACS? Yeah, of course. The ACS is the American Chemical Society, and the YCC is the Younger Chemist Committee, which is a branch of the American Chemical Society. And so what types of programs and events does the YCC offer? We offer a wide variety of different programs, both at the local um, and national level. Locally, we've been having a lot of different, um, with the Eastern New York YCC, we put on different socials, game nights, uh, movie nights. We've, uh, we have a lot of social media posts that we like to do. Uh, nationally, we, our section participates with the Eastern US Younger Chemist Committee Partnership, which is made up of a bunch of different sections, including uh, Philadelphia, Virginia, St. Louis, uh, Nashville, Rochester, Northern New York, a bunch of different places. Um, And we offer different professional development uh, programs, including how to make your CV and resume shine, uh, how to uh, interviewing tips, different things um, at the professional development level. We also offer a series titled The Day in the Life, which is actually uh, your husband (laughs) gave one of the A Day in the Life of an Assistant Chemistry Professor. So that was uh, a fantastic event that I remember attending Um, And we also offer other events such as um, our self-care Saturdays and Sundays, which help to shift the focus a little bit from professional development to focus things on self-care and resilience and prioritizing mental health. So a wide variety of different events. I love that you're integrating self-care and mental health into what you're doing. I think that's so important, especially with what we're all living through right now. So I I commend you guys for doing that. Um, So how did you get involved with YCC at ACS? So I began my involvement with ACS when I was actually an undergrad. We had a SMACS club at uh, Hofstra University, which is where I went to my uh, undergraduate education. It stands for student members of the American Chemical Society. And so although that's where my involvement with ACS began, I really didn't get involved with YCC until Uh, Dr. Loriana Valentin at the New York State Police Crime Lab. She encouraged me to join the YCC and to become a member and help put together some virtual programming for students, um, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, which is when I really um, became more involved with everything and helping put together all these virtual programs to help give um, 
students something to do during their time because a lot of students were uh, like myself were at home and couldn't go into school or into a lab and so uh, increasing my involvement really helped to get through uh, the hard times. Yes, well, and I can tell you, um, you know, my myself and I know a student in my district certainly benefited from that. So thank you so much. <laughs> and, you know, for my listeners, I, I first was introduced to Megan through another individual, um, actually Dr. Lori Valentine, who she mentioned, because I was looking for an alternate experience for one of the high school students in my district. Uh, this student had been chosen in February 2020 to participate in a unique opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. and visit the National Forensics Lab there. We have a program that really encourages students um, to work with working scientists in the field. And so this was was her opportunity and and the focus was forensics. However, COVID happened right after she got this esteemed opportunity. And of course, the trip was canceled. And so she was so bummed and she's a senior this year. And so, so many things were being canceled for her and school was so different. You know, she just was so disappointed. So I was hoping to find some experts who she could connect with just a little bit to try to allow her to connect with those in the forensic field since she couldn't go on this trip. And in my search, you and I were able to connect and you had put together this two-day experience for high school students across the country that far exceeded anything that I was even thinking about. Like, I was thinking, could someone just Zoom chat with her for 30 minutes? That would be wonderful. <laughs> and then this opportunity happened, and it, it just was amazing, and she was so excited to participate. So could you first, you know, just share... You know, this was, this was a two-day opportunity for high school students across the country, but what, what prompted a virtual forensics day like this? So, yeah, it was titled Forensic Science Immersion, and as you said, this was inspired by you telling us that you had a student who had a really amazing opportunity, especially as a high school student, and to have that canceled because of the pandemic was, it really inspired us to not only help your student, but try and help other students in the area who were also experiencing canceling of not only internships, but after school activities, they couldn't go into school to see their friends. And so we really wanted to try and put something together that would help them as well. Um, and so this virtual forensic science experience, which is also not something a lot of students may encounter. I mean, when I was in high school, I was the first year that they even offered such a course and forensics is growing an interest in a lot of students these days. And so it's nice to see that we're helping other people experience um, these different fields of science. And, Absolutely. And, and I, like I, I mean, I really cannot believe that it was um, my question that, that kind of prompted this, but I'm so glad that you did it. And I have to imagine that there were so many other students who were just thrilled to have this opportunity what was your turnout like? We had several students from lo different local Eastern New York schools. Um, I believe we had about 10 students who we ended up helping, uh, who joined us for the day, for the two-day program. We wanted to keep it small. We didn't want to offer it to too many students because we really wanted to highlight that interaction and like conversation between the experts and the students. And we didn't want to intimidate so many students by 
I know I feel intimidated when I'm in a room with 50 other people and having to ask a question, especially virtual. So mm -hmm. keeping this number of students small really helped um, increase the interaction between the experts and the students. For sure. And I think when you said, you know, especially virtually, I think that hits the nail on the head, right? I mean, all these kids have been doing virtual learning, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're confident in interacting virtually with people that they don't know especially experts in a field. So uh, it's just, just amazing, amazing opportunity. So what did you set up for these students across these two days? So we held the program over two half days. We didn't wanna have it be a full, one full day experience and have them get zoomed out by the end of the day, but we didn't wanna have it be too short. So during that time, we had six forensic experts from different labs and institutions from throughout the country present background information on their different sections of their forensics labs, but also what a typical day is like for them and the kind of casework that they work on and the evidence that they encounter. After each of the presentations, we had a short Q&A session where the students could ask the presenters any questions they had about their different sections. And then at the end of the third presentation each day, we had a panel discussion where we brought back all the presenters and all the students could ask them any questions. They could be general about forensics. They could be about their specific sections. It could be questions about what advice do you have for a student who wants to go into forensic science or what's the best way for me to get an internship? We had forensic experts in a variety of different sections. We had drug chemistry, bioscience, DNA, crime scene analysis, toxicology, and fingerprints. We also had a presentation on service through forensic science, and the last presentation we offered was a current undergraduate student who was pursuing a degree in forensic science, and she talked about what it was like to currently be an undergraduate student in forensic science while also, also conducting forensic science research. And so we hoped that connecting the high school students with someone who was just a few years older than them and telling them what it's like to be in school would inspire them to see what they could really get into. Oh, for sure. It, uh, much more relatable. You know, I feel like sometimes if you see somebody, um, you know, at 18 years old, even if you're talking to somebody in their 40s or 50s, it, it's so far removed. Um, and so, yeah, I think having that was a great move, having somebody closer to their age and, and someone that they probably could relate to just a little bit more. So why is an opportunity like this beneficial for students interested in forensics to participate in? So during the pandemic, as we mentioned, a lot of students faced that disappointment of having their educational experiences, internships, summer activities, everything being canceled. And so having this virtual opportunity to learn about a forensic crime lab from professionals in the field, all while remaining socially distanced and safe was extremely beneficial for the students. It's not every day that a student gets to interact with a forensic uh, expert. I mean, as when I was in high school, I certainly did not have that kind of opportunity. Um, and so um, it's not a replacement for an internship or the hands-on experiences that you might get, but um, it was definitely an opportunity to offer some valuable insight into the field. Yes. And I think that opportunities like this is some, some ways that the pandemic actually allows us to shine a little bit more uh, because I don't remember opportunities like this being offered prior to the pandemic of being able to virtually chat with experts. And so, you know, in that way, 
uh, you know, trying to find the, the light, the <laughs> silver lining. <laughs> exactly. Trying to find that silver lining. Uh, it, it really was a great, a great way uh, to find some positives and to, to provide this way of, of connecting experts to students. And in something that we certainly continue in the future to reach students who may not have that opportunity, even face to face outside of a pandemic, get them in a virtual setting. So when we think about students who are wanting to enter a forensic field, what are some top skills that they would need to succeed in a field like that? If, if the student is wondering, you know, what should I be brushing up on? Uh, I would say that communication is extremely important. Other skills such as writing, your math and science, attention to detail is super important. Problem solving is good in any science field, um, good laboratory practice. Public speaking is also really helpful, especially when giving testimony. Um, other skills that people may not think of right away is resilience. And you want to make sure that when you're working in a field like forensic science, it can be extremely difficult with what you're seeing. And so it's always important to make sure you practice self-care and you prioritize mental health and are taking care of yourself as well. So those are some skills that I would highly recommend brushing up on. Yes. And, you know, resilience, I, I love that you mentioned resilience. Um, in my day job as a, a STEAM and instructional technology coach, a lot of times we do STEAM projects with our students where, you know, either they're making a design or they're problem solving and they may have to revisit something two, three, five, 10, 15 times. And a lot of times it's, you know, I'm done. I'm, an, you know, I, I just want to be done with this. And that resilience piece is something that it's, it's sometimes uh, hard to get across that, no, that's, that's applicable. We, we need to build that resilience and this is how we do it. <laughs> You're going to need this in the future. Yes. So thank you for, for saying that out loud and knowing that I didn't ask you to say it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, you know, when you think about this day that you, that you designed and you created, you implemented and you got to the other side, what was some feedback you received from the day? Is this something that you would be doing again, whether it's virtual or in person? So all the students who attended seemed to really enjoy the event. We got great feedback. Um, although it's not focused on forensic science exactly, we have decided that we want to host a similar event in the fall um, for cosmetic chemistry. We want to try and offer some different opportunities and um, so these chemistry immersion things that came out of this, we think would be really beneficial to high school students and um, offering different, uh, telling students the different kind of careers they can get in chemistry and in STEAM fields. And uh, we're hoping uh, we're going to follow all the guidelines from the ACS and CDC, but maybe potentially offering a tour of an in-person in-person tour in a laboratory um, in addition to virtual content, because as you mentioned, trying to connect people from across the nation is not something that we really thought much about before the pandemic. And I think that's one thing we're going to continue doing is we can connect with people in California with a simple Zoom call. So um, we're well, hoping to offer. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. I, I, I can't like, wait to see where you go with this. And I hope that you keep my name on a list somewhere on where to, you're going to share out those opportunities. So almost I can continue sharing myself. Almost definitely. So, you know, before, before we leave together, you know, students or teachers are looking for more opportunities for cultivating relationships with forensic scientists to benefit, you know, their classroom or curriculum. 
where should they go? Who should they contact? You know, what are some of the ways that high school students can get involved in forensics? Are there any resources that you can share with them? Yeah, of course. Um, so as I've mentioned, we have the American Chemical Society. There's the Eastern New York local section. There's also forensic um, science national and regional organizations such as NEFs and APES, which is the Northeastern Association of Forensic Scientists and the American Academy of Forensic Sciences. Um, I'm a member of both of those groups. They also have discounted memberships for high school students and students in general, so they can really get involved that way. Um, all great resources for teachers as well. I know the New York State Police, where uh, Dr. Loriana Valentin works, uh, also is a good resource for students to look into. They have internship opportunities as well. So um, those are all great resources to look into. That is fabulous. And I am going to um, I'm going to include all of those things that you just mentioned and the links and the websites and, and all of those resources down in the show notes. So, you know, listeners, please scroll down, take a look at those show notes, click those links, find those resources, and, and make sure you take advantage of those things that, that Megan just shared out to us today. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I really enjoyed all that you have shared on how to engage high school students with forensics and all sorts of learners. And I know my listeners have as well. If they want to connect with you to learn more about forensics or take advantage of other opportunities in the future, where can they do that? You can include my email in the show notes as well. I'm also on LinkedIn. The Eastern New York Younger Chemist Committee has Instagram and Twitter accounts, so you can follow those as well, um, as does the ACS and the Eastern U.S. Partnership that I mentioned. So um, I can give those all to you as well. Yes, yes. Please check out those links in our show notes and, and be sure to make those connections on whatever social media platform you choose. So thank you again. And listeners, remember, we are wanting to hear how you engage your students in forensics. So head on over to Twitter at ChalkEDU or Instagram at BehindTheChalkEDU to share and connect with us. So check out our show notes and tag us in your post so that we can share it with others. Finally, to end every episode, I like to give a little book highlight from something that I have been reading. I have made my way through the distance learning playbook, and today I'm sharing the last module focusing on learning, distance, and otherwise. This module was really what I needed to read as I am seeing the light at the end of the tunnel during this pandemic. This module focused on making distance learning better for students and teachers and improving the physical school as well. So let's unpack this real quick. Make learning better for students. So this module talked about just the basics. Focus on what the students don't know. As an educator, you have not been able to get through this year without being told about the large learning gap that is going to occur due to the pandemic. And no matter how you feel about those words, how it's being described, or how it may or may not impact the educational environment, let's just focus on what has always been the forefront of our practice. What don't our students know? And let's teach it to them. Maybe there are skills that they should have already, but don't due to the pandemic and remote learning. Maybe they are skills that they are supposed to have, but don't due to any other large number of reasons students can become delayed. 
Maybe it's a skill that they don't have because they haven't been old enough and now they are and now they can learn right when and how they were supposed to. Let's just keep it simple. What don't they know? And we can teach it to them. While we are teaching them those skills, remember to keep it a balanced learning environment. Teachers should not be doing all the heavy lifting. Create a balance with mini lessons, clear feedback, and exciting ways to practice. And like we learned a couple of episodes ago, harness student learning and engagement by meeting your students where they are at. One of these places being social media. Finally, the last tip from the module I'm going to highlight is to create as many opportunities for social interaction however you can. Whether students are in front of you or their distance, have students work and collaborate together. Share out what they have learned so they can interact and learn together. Okay, so the last part of this module focused on making learning better for teachers too. And that's so, so important. How can we as groups of teachers evaluate, discuss, and work together? Find your networks, find other professionals in your building or in the field in general and connect. Maybe it's a monthly book club meeting. Maybe it's a happy hour. Maybe it's a virtual coffee and chat. Guess what? It can be whatever you want. But find those like-minded teachers who will build you up, celebrate your successes with you, and help problem solve. As hard as it is to do sometimes, view this pandemic as an opportunity to learn more about how to work with students from afar outside of our normal comfort zones of the classroom and school. The reality is you have already learned so much. So here's what this module really got me thinking. What have I learned that will I will be committed to keeping in the future? And I ask you to think of the same. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Behind the Chalk. Want to hear more? Subscribe and review the podcast wherever you like to listen and follow the podcast on Twitter at ChalkEDU.